Yes, we want to be a part of singing the Lord's praise. Amen. Let Christian Embassy be a part of that forever, I pray. Amen. Well, we want to ask you to join with us in welcoming everyone who is tuned in. I know Pastor Daniel uh, Oyoko. Uh, he is uh, doing a tremendous job there in East Africa. And he said he would be watching today. And there's churches. Uh, we've got 15 Christian embassies now in East Africa. We've got one in Homa Bay. That's our base there with Pastor Daniel. But eight in Rwanda and three in Congo and two in Burundi. And one just opening up in Tanzania. And he's traveling. He asked us to pray that he's traveling 50 miles to, I don't even know how you pronounce this, M-B-I-T-A. And, uh, and maybe God's going to open up another Christian embassy there. He was, just tell, he was just telling me this past week over 50 souls have come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. So the church <clears throat> is growing in East Africa and uh, we just not only bring greetings to you, Pastor Daniel, but everyone who is tuning in all around the world and uh, getting encouraged from this home base of Christian Embassy here. We love you guys. We thank you for being here. And let's give one big hand and welcome everyone who's tuned in. <clears throat> we're going to pick right up on Pastor Radica took care of our travel and the details there. So we're just going to pick right up on our series of uh, being a covenant keeper because we know God is a God of covenant. It's how He's operated from day one. He has established covenant with us. And every time covenant was broken, God would make another covenant. Uh, every time we would fall, fall short till we came to the new covenant, which is a better covenant built on better promises, written with better blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, with a better high priest, Jesus being our high priest, God said, this is a covenant that through Christ is going to be established forever. And he said, I keep covenant in Deuteronomy 7 and in Psalms 105, I keep covenant for a thousand generations, he says. He says, you'll never find me not keeping covenant. So the question is, are we covenant keepers? So uh, with this better covenant that Hebrews 7 and 8 tells us about, you and I have the privilege and the invitation of God uh, to come and uh, enter into this covenant and keep covenant with him. So in that series, we've been talking about being covenant keepers. Today, we're going to look at how do you benefit from this better covenant. That it's not just a thing in your mind. It's not just an idea or philosophy or even a theology, but it's a reality that you and I can benefit from this better covenant. So in Hebrews 8, verses 1 and 2, he says, Now this is the main point of the things that we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Look at verse 6. He says, But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also a mediator of this better covenant, which is established on better promises. And then he goes in Hebrews 12 and that same book, and he tells us, verse 24, that he did all of this, and he didn't go with the blood of a goat or the blood of a bull or the blood of a dove, but he sealed this covenant, this better covenant, built on better promises, with better blood, the blood of the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. So Jesus, our high priest, has provided a better covenant 
between God and us, and it is a covenant that is established on these better promises that you and I are, that God wants us to participate in. He wants us to benefit from this. So Christianity, when you understand it this way, is <clears throat> less of, of us making promises to God and more about us living out the promises that have been made by God. And I want us to get that shift in our mindset where we're always promising God, God, if I'll do this if you'll do that. God, God, and you're always trying to convince and coax God to do something favorable in our stead. Let me tell you what. <clears throat> he says, I've already given you a better covenant. It's built on better promises. It is better for you than you could even imagine for yourself. So it's more about us not making promises to God, but learning how to live out the promises that God has already made for us. Hallelujah. So this covenant that God has set up is the strongest agreement that God could give between him and man. And uh, yes, God says, look, they have sinned and they've fallen short of the glory of God. But that's why I sent my son, Jesus Christ, who came to live a sinless life and shed sinless blood to pay off their sinful account. And my, my son's blood will cleanse them and give them uh, opening and give them entrance into this great covenant. I don't know about you, but we need to thank Jesus for his blood. We need to thank Jesus for his blood because he didn't shed just ordinary blood. He shed sinless blood. Do you hear me? He shed sinless blood. A blood that defeated the enemy. A blood that crushed Satan's head. A blood that took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. A blood that causes demons to tremble. It's not just animal's blood, but this is the blood of the Son of God. It's not the average typical blood. It's the blood that opened blinded eyes that caused the lepers to be cured and caused him to walk on the water and calm the seas. Hallelujah. It's the blood that restored a woman when she was caught in adultery that says what you've done that has been so bad can be cleansed and made. You can be made new. You can be pure again. I'm telling you, it's the very blood that even forgave those people who crucified Jesus on the cross and shed his blood. So, so what I'm saying is no mistake that you've ever made it's too strong or too bad for this blood. Somebody needs to hear that today. The strongest agreement with God and man has been established with the blood of Jesus. So it's time for you to shake off the guilt. It's time for you to quit living that condemned life that you need to come under the better covenant through the blood of Jesus. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to cleanse you. And then come out of that guilt. Come out of that condemnation into this new covenant. Hallelujah. We no longer have to rely on the blood of bulls and goats, praise God, wondering if our sins were forgiving. Remember the scapegoat, they would send him out into the wilderness and hoping that he didn't return, meaning that that sin would come back on them. We don't have to hope and wish anymore for temporary atonement. I'm telling you, the atonement that Jesus accomplished for us is permanent. And it covers every sin. It covers every mistake. Hallelujah. So what God is saying, if you'll accept Jesus and what He has done for you, then you are brought into a better covenant with God through this better blood that was shed for you. Hallelujah. We have a better covenant. Look at somebody and say, did you know we have a better covenant? Hallelujah. We have a better covenant. And in this covenant, God says, everything that is mine is yours. 
That's what he says. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. So God says, all my power, it's yours. All my wisdom, it's yours. All my healing, it's yours. And all your problems, he said, give them to me. I'll take them. All your troubles, give them to me. I'll take them. Your poverty, give it to me. I'll take it. And I'll supply every need according to my riches and glory because we're in a better covenant and I'm the God that is not a man that he should lie. Hallelujah. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he restored to us all that man had lost. We need to say it out loud. All. He restored what? All that was lost unto us. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their protection from God. They lost their authority here on the earth. We see in the Bible they lost their blessing of the Lord. They even lost the presence of the garden. They lost the presence of the Lord. They lost their friendship with God. But God says, I'm a covenant God. And even though this covenant is broken, I'm going to establish another covenant. And I'm going to send my son so that that, that that end of it can never be broken again. And Jesus came and restored divine protection. Hallelujah. He has come to us to restore divine provision. He has come to us to restore His presence and to restore His friendship and restore the blessing. There used to be a, a, a veil that separated man from the Holy of Holies, the presence of the Lord, because of that earlier covenant that was broken. But God said, I'm not satisfied with that. The blood of a goat and the blood of a bull cannot restore my presence with my people. I can let the uh, high priest come in one day a year in the Day of Atonement and there atone with blood for them, the people for that year he said but I've got a better plan because I've got a better covenant but I need better blood I got to get the blood of my son Jesus Christ hallelujah and when Jesus said it is finished on the cross with blood dripping to this earth off of that cross the Bible says that veil was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and that which horses could not tear apart the hand of God tore apart to restore the holy of holies and he said now we can come boldly into the presence of the Lord Hallelujah. Jesus died and paid our price. He paid the price for the covenant. He sealed it with His own blood. You and I don't have to bleed. You and I don't have to bleed to get into this covenant. Jesus bled for us. Praise God. So now He wrote that every promise in the Bible is yours. Everyone. You've read 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, I'm sure, where He says, for all. How many? All. How many? All. If you find a promise in the Bible, that comes under the all. For all the promises of God in Him are what? Yes and amen. Can you say yes and amen? I believe as you say yes, amen, let it come unto you right now. To the glory of God. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What? 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 Through the, for, to the glory of God. How? Through us. Come on, confidently. Through us. So when His promises come through you, God gets glory. That's how this covenant is set up. So you're sitting there saying, the devil says you're not worthy to receive this blessing. Let me tell you what, God, the devil's trying to rob the glory from God. Amen. Because the devil don't want the promises coming through us, which brings glory to God. So he's telling you, you're not worthy. You're a stinker or whatever. And you're agreeing with him. Oh, yeah, I am. I've sinned. Yes, I have messed up. Yes, I have, 
backslidden time and time again. Yes, you're just agreeing with the devil. You need to learn to agree with God. God says, I've forgiven you. I've washed all your sins away. You're white as snow. You can repent. You can be redeemed. My blood is powerful enough to cover every sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and make you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to get my promises flowing through you because it brings glory to me. God is glorified when the promises flow where? Through us. Through us. So we gotta, we got to enter into this covenant. we got to let all the promises of God, which are yes and amen through Christ Jesus, begin to flow through us. Hallelujah. That means every promise made to Adam, every promise made to Noah, every promise made to Abraham, every promise made to Isaac and Jacob and David, every promise, every promise, every promise is yours. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That should make somebody want to shout. That should make somebody want to shout. Oh, God, help us, help us, God, never to get a quiet church. Reminds me of Shirley Caesar. She tells the story of this church, and they were all dignified and stuffed, stuffed up and, you know, all quiet and thought they were all religious, you know. And brother, I mean, brother John, he wouldn't have anything to do with it. He'd get in there and they'd talk about the blood of Jesus in a song, sing about the blood, and he would start shouting, Hallelujah. And they would just say something as simple in the name of Jesus. And he would, Amen! And they, they didn't like that because he was disturbing their dignified setting, okay? Pray God that we never had that in this house. And they had a meeting after the service. They said, we got to elect two of you to go out and talk to Brother John. He got to calm things down. And they got two gentlemen elected to go out, and they went out to Brother John's house during the week. Brother John, Shirley Caesar tells this story, I love it, said he was out there plowing with his mule. And as they got, got there, uh, they saw him, and they waved him to come on over, and he came on over with his mule. And they said, Brother John, how are you doing today? He said, oh, I'm blessed of the Lord and highly favored, enjoying the peace and the power of the Holy Ghost. And they said, calm down, calm down. That's kind of why we're here. You know, you get all worked up and you get all excited and, you know, we, got, we, got, we came to tell you that if, when you get to church on Sunday, you leave this out in the field, you know, come in and you hum a little, but don't be shouting, you're scaring the people. You're, you're, you're disrupting the, the congregation and, and you just got to calm down. And Brother John said, well, I, do, I just don't think you understand. Uh, I, I just don't think you get it. And they said, what do you mean? He says, well, yeah, there was about five years ago the doctor said I didn't have but six months left to live. I had cancer that was eating up my body. But I called on the name of Jesus and Jesus reached in and he healed my body. He said, five years later, I'm out here plowing stronger than I've ever been before. And I was able to raise my children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They all serve God today. And the ones that are married, their spouses serve God. And the couple of grandkids I got, they serve God. And God made a way for me to get money to send them all through college. Hallelujah. Ah, and God has blessed this land with the rain that it needed. He's blessed it with the minerals that it is needed. It has produced for me every year an increase in the, in the, in the bushels that have come per acre. And I can only thank God for it. He said, let me 
just tell you something. You see that house over there? That house is all paid for. You see that truck over there? That truck is all paid for. Did you know the furniture in my house is paid for? The land that we're standing on right now, all paid for. See, brothers, I don't think y'all understand. My wife is happy. My wife is healthy. And she's still in love with this old man. And I still got the strength. And I got the right mind. And then Brother John said, here, how about hold the reins to my mule while I give God a little praise and I give God a little shout and he began to dance and praise the Lord and he said thank you Jesus hallelujah and praise the name of God hallelujah hallelujah so I say to you today if you don't like what I'm saying and if you don't like what I'm preaching you just hold my mule while I just have my own good time up here because I'm telling you my God is good he's been good to me this ain't just a story, but this is a reality. Here you can take it home, my mule. Because let me tell you, God has blessed me coming in, and God has blessed me going out. God has saved my life, and He saved my wife, and He saved my children. He's healed my body. He's gotten me out of debt. He has set me free. He has given me joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You can hold my mule while I just get up here and prance around and say, My God is a good God. My God is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to praise in the sanctuary. He tells me to praise Him when the sun's coming up and to praise Him when the sun's going down. He is worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. And if you got something to praise Him for, you need to just let somebody hold your mule and you start saying hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. I want to praise a covenant keeping God who has done for me and in me and through me what no man, no man could have done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, God doesn't want you to just hear about this better covenant. He wants you to enjoy the benefits of this covenant. Hallelujah. So what I want to talk about here in the next few minutes is ways that you and I can experience the supernatural benefits of this amazing covenant. And that is we have to get our faith in gear. We've got to get our faith in gear. In James chapter 2, we get the basic message he tells us is that we, we will show you my faith by my works. See, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is just talk. And I'm tired of talk. When we serve a supernatural God who has provided His supernatural presence and His supernatural power and His supernatural anointing, why are we just talking? Do you hear what I'm saying? He says, tell, I tell you, I will show you my faith by my works because faith without works is dead. Without faith that you show by your works, it is impossible possible to please God. Isn't that what the Word says? It is impossible to please the Lord. I want to walk in the pleasure of the Lord. And if He said that all the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus to the glory of God as they flow through me, then they got to flow through me. I'm tired, I'm tired of blocking the blessings, aren't you? I'm tired of letting a theological a persuasion of trying to keep everything calm and everything organized uh, keep out the blessings of God. Let me tell you what, God is worthy to be praised. 
What in the world is the stiffness in a sanctuary going to do for you or your kids? Uh, the devil loves it when you sit back. The devil loves it when you want to be prideful and dignified looking. But let me tell you what, if you'll humble yourself, the mighty hand of God will reach in and lift you and promote you up in a mighty way. We need to humble ourselves and say, it's not about me, it's about you, Lord. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. I don't praise you enough. I don't bless your name enough. I don't honor you enough. And if I've got an opportunity where you like it, God says, forsake not the assembling together of the saints, for this is pleasing unto the Lord. Let me tell you what, God likes what we're doing. Man didn't come up with this. God said, I want you to ecclesia, build my church ecclesia, those called out from their homes, called out into a public gathering. He has called us together here because He likes the exponential to be activated by our unity. He says, where there is unity, that is where my blessing will be. Hallelujah. He says, when we come together as one, we can put a thousand to fly. When we come together as two, we can put 10,000 to fly. That means 20 of us, I had a mathematician run it, can put 10 septillion to fly. See, God likes it when we gather together. God says, I want you to gather together. I want you to sing songs unto me. He said, I want you to clap your hands. He said, I want you to shout. Hallelujah. Like, Lord, what should we shout about? He said, well, I'll give you some glimpses of heaven. In heaven, they're going, holy, 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 holy. They're saying, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the earth. He who was and is and is to come. He's worthy, worthy to receive glory, worthy to receive honor, and worthy to receive praise. You can read through the Scriptures where they would say, hallelujah, blessings be unto the Lord. There was places people would say to God be the glory to God be the honor and to God be the praise God said I love it when you gather together and you'll dance before me I love it when you'll sing I want you to play the instruments I want you to play the cymbals the loud resounding cymbals I want the stringed instruments I want the percussion instruments he said I want the oh, wind instruments he said and he says if you got breath in your body he said if you still can get out a snort if you got breath in your body he said let everything that have breath. Praise the Lord. See, this what we're doing is not for me. And it's not for you. It's for Him. He said, do you believe you have a better covenant established on better promises with better blood by a better high priest because your God is that good? He said, I want to see if you really believe it. Is, you real, is your faith, is that where your faith really is? Because if you do believe it, you're not going to hold back a shout. You're going to be like, Brother John, you need to hold my meal because let me tell you what, I got things to do for my God. Hallelujah. So how do we work our faith? I'm going to give you several ways to do it very practically and then we're going to go out and practice it this week and we're going to tear down the gates of hell and we're going to establish the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in our home, in our body, in our life as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And the first thing we need to do is you've got to believe what God says in His Word. You've got to believe what God says in His Word. I'm up here preaching the Word of God. I'll put my life on the line if it needs to be. I'm not going to deny the Word of God. Why? Because I believe the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I, since the 17 years old, when God rescued me from imminent death, I put my faith in the Lord. And He says, study my Word. That was His instruction. He says, study my Word and preach my Word. I've been standing on His Word since I was 17. And let me tell you what that right hand that reached into my death situation and, and saved my 
my life has reached into my life and manifest the power of heaven on earth. I am here today at 53, stronger today, wiser today, and more blessed today. And it's not because of what I've done, but it's because I've stood on the Word of God and the Word of God will never let you down. It's a sure foundation that you can build on. The storms of life will come. The rain will come. The wind will blow. But if you're built upon the rock, let me tell you what, your house will stand. Your house will stand. We've got to hold on to the Word of God. We've got to preach the Word of God. We've got to teach the Word of God. We've got to believe what God says in His Word. And then to exercise our faith to take benefits of the covenant is then we must do what His Word says. You got to do what His Word says. Do you hear what I'm saying? You got to place a demand on the Word of God. If God's Word says do this, you do it. You say, well, the world says that's crazy. Well, the world's crazy. Let me tell you what. The Bible says broad is the way and many do go find, uh, follow, follow that way and it leads to destruction. But there's a straight and narrow way that few do find that in Christ Jesus will lead you into the provision and the blessing and the favor that God has planned for you. So stop looking at what the world says is cool and trendy and say, I'm going to do what the Word says. Hallelujah. And if you'll walk in the Word and walk on the Word and walk out the Word, you will find that the Word will work in your life. Third thing you got to do is you got to speak what God's Word says. You got to stop talking this junk. You got to stop talking your defeat. You got to stop talking your pain. You got to stop talking all this stuff. You, I didn't say deny it. I'm not saying it's not real. But do you want it to remain? Do you want it to remain? Do you want things to remain the same or do you want change? Well, let me tell you what. Your problem can't change the Word of God, but the Word of God can change your problem. So what you got to do is stop talking what can't change your circumstance, but only perpetuate it. And you got to start talking what can change your circumstance, and that's the Word of God. You got to take what God says and speak that over your life. You got to take what God's Word says. Let me tell you what, you got to stop listening to what everything that you're hearing around you. You don't know if it's fake news. You don't know if it's, it's all got a spin to it. Everybody's got an angle. And you listen to this and you're like, wow, really? It happened that way? And then you hear other details. Really, it happened that way? And really and truly, it didn't happen either one of those ways. There's a, there's a whole different way it happened. They just took a spin on it. Well, let me tell you, the Word of God don't work that way. The Word of God is not half-truth. The Word of God is not based on innuendo. The Word of God is not hearsay. The Word of God is established in such a way that God has said when the sun and the moon and the stars fall into the sea and there's nothing else standing he said but you just look you just look and you will find that my word is still standing he said my word will outlast the very earth that you live on and the very celestial sky that you look in the word of God will stand stronger than all of that hallelujah so what we got to do is line our tongue and release blessing and our tongue that release life and not death and curses and say what God's word says we got to say what God's Word says. Come into our darkness, and if it's supposed to be light, the Word says light, we say light. It's still darkness, but we say light. We say light because we know the Word that we're speaking can change, and that darkness has got to leave. We know it. That takes us to number four. You start expecting without reservation. You start expecting what God promises in His Word. You cannot allow doubt and unbelief. You're human. It's going to try to come in. Doubt's going to come in. Unbelief's going to try to come in. You've got to, come on, man up. Stop being a bunch of wimps. Man up. 
and say, wait a minute, I understand in this world and, and in this fallible body until it's glorified that there's going to be all these challenges and all these lies I have to contend with, but I got a strong arm on I like that running back when he's running with that ball and somebody thinks he's a little faster and he's going to tackle him and he just looks back with a smile as he's running and goes, pow! <laughs> just pow! You know, you got you to learn to start powing some of those demon voices, powing those lies of the earth. Let me tell you what. You've got to exercise your authority that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Because doubt and unbelief will negate faith every time. So we must expect without reservation. That's why I live so excited. You say, well, you live excited, Pastor, because you've got a blessed life. When I was in debt and I said, the Bible says that, the, that, that I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Let me tell you what, there, there's going to be a transfer of the wealth from the rich, wicked to the righteous. You know, I started, I declared that. And I had all this debt, but I declared it. I said, debt, you're going. You're done. The covenant of God's canceled you. You just as well pack your suitcase. You just as well get ready to go. And you say, oh, pastor, you've got joy because you don't have debt. Let me tell you what. Before that boy right there who's 20 years old right now, before he took his first breath, we were carrying him in the womb. $120 in student loan debt and, and, and debt going in to start this church and build this church. And there was $120,000 of consumer debt there. And it was like, that, I'm not going I got the revelation. I got a better covenant. I'm not supposed to live under this. And I said, and I, Pastor Dick, will you stand with me in agreement that our firstborn child will not be born under the curse of debt that we'll be debt free she says I stand in agreement as I'm expecting this child will expect a miracle and let me tell you why that we, we stood together in January and come J uh, July her birthday he's born in November come July uh, her birthday we were debt free in seven months six and four months debt free I'm telling you, it started coming from the left and the right. It started promotion. People came to me and said, God told me. I didn't argue with them. Hey, hand me an envelope. God told me. They didn't, nobody done that before. They would hand me bills to be reimbursed. They'd say, here, I, I got this for the church. Reimburse me. Uh, you know, and, and all this stuff. And church didn't have any money, so I was having to pay it. I hated to see people give me an envelope because I'm like, I'm going further in debt to re reimburse them. And these were in the early days. But let me tell you what. When I said, no, we're going to expect God's promises. So now instead of looking in that envelope thinking it was going to be a receipt that I needed to, to reimburse them, I said, money coming. Money coming. I, there's a transfer. There's a transfer. I'm expecting. And you know, I didn't, I didn't get excited after we were debt free. I got excited before we were debt free. The same was in my body. I was in so much pain. And Pastor Dick will tell you, I was going to the doctors and the doctors thought I was crazy because the pain, they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. They thought I was crazy, but I knew I was in pain. But before the pain went away, I said, by His stripes, I'm healed. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to live in pain. I got a better covenant and I would get up and my feet would hurt so bad but I'd say I'm healed of the Lord I'm walking in my mm, mm, healing oh I'm walking in my he healing and I just I, and one day I jumped up and I ran through the day and I didn't even realize it next day I jumped up and I ran through the day and I think about the third day I jumped up and I said wait a minute I hadn't hurt, and I, and I started counting back. Man, since that day, it had been days I'd been healed of the Lord. Here I am all these years later, and the pain has never returned. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you've got to expect God's promises in His Word. Praise His name. So you've got to know the Word. You've got to know the Word. 
That's why he says in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. You're working your faith. You're working. Faith without works is dead. You're working your faith. So you're this faith worker. You're walking, working your faith and not be ashamed. And the reason to not be ashamed is you've got to learn to rightly divide the word of truth. See, it is most important to me that we rightly divide the Word of God because the Word of God is what got me here today. We're church. We're going to stay on the Word. You say it's not trendy to have the Word. We're going to stay with the Word. You say it's not the popular thing to have the Word. We're going to stick with the Word. You say churches today don't use the Word. We're going to use the Word because it was the Word that saved me. It was the Word that changed me. It was the Word that fixed me. It was the Word that healed me. It was the Word that that set me free. It was the Word that delivered me. It was the Word that gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. It is the Word of God. And it is the Word of God that will save and change and fix and heal and deliver and set everybody free as well. Hallelujah. So we got to rightly divide the Word. So that means it doesn't matter what the world is saying or those with tongue in cheek are saying. So we got to look at what the Word says. For example, prosperity. Man, we hear a lot of negative stuff. All oh, those Christians, all oh, that grab it, blab it, and grab it, and name it, and claim it. Uh, all, yeah. So I've had pastors tell me to avoid that stigma, we don't deal with prosperity message. I said, Who gave you the right? I said, How dare you? Who gave you the right to withhold from God's people God's word? If it's in the word, you don't have, if you're a proper minister of the gospel, you don't get to pick and choose. You're supposed to preach the whole word, right? Amen. So let's say for prosperity. I don't care. There, there's crazies out there that it make, that make prosperity look bad. I understand it. There's crazies out there that make prosperity a, a, a dirty word. But I'm not going with what they do and what they say. I'm going with what the word said. Let's get to Psalms 35, 27. Just a simple verse there. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Let me tell you what God is saying. It's reason to shout because it brings pleasure to who? To God. To God. Remember all the promises of God are yea and amen in and through Christ Jesus. To God be the glory as the promises flow who? Through us. Through us. Here you got an Old Testament scripture. You say, oh, that's Old Testament. We'll get into New Testament. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I think that one's got even more punch. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for whose sake? Your sake. He became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Sounds like to me God doesn't want to leave you broke, busted, and disgusted. It, it don't look like to me God wants to leave you always need a handy out, hand, handy out hand, uh, or handy down in order to survive. It sounds like to me God wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing so that you can help those that are less fortunate around you. God wants us to prosper. But it's not to satisfy your selfish desires and get you a Learjet and all that silliness. I'm not talking about that. God wants you to prosper so that you can take care of your own household. God wants you to prosper so that you can leave an inheritance to your children 
and your children's children. God wants you to prosper so that you can help the widows and the orphans. God wants you to prosper so that He can establish His covenant in the earth. God wants you to prosper so that you're blessed for the blessing, that you can be a blessing everywhere you go in the name of the Lord. And when people say, wow, how did that happen in your life? You can point them to Jesus. Point them to the better covenant and the better blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Walk by faith and not by sight. Stop looking at your checkbook. Stop looking at those bills. Stop looking at that and letting that determine your future. You start looking at the Word and taking the Word and imposing that over your debt. You've got to take care of your debt. Now, I'm telling you, don't go around here saying, well, you know, God will take care of it. Well, He is, but He's going to take care of it through you. You got into it. He'll take care of it through you to get out of it. Right? So we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. As Pastor Rodica said earlier, we were in Portland, uh, the Portland Head Light, um, that lighthouse there, there in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. It's a beautiful, beautiful place there. But look, as you see all those buildings, you see all those white buildings in the lighthouse? Do you see another building built with a different type of material? See that red building? It's all brick there. Well, I was walking around that building, and there was these signs there that said, you must wear hearing protective devices around this, this building here. And I began to read and see why. Because it was the building that they got. It. That whole thing is a foghorn to let out an audible sound uh, for the ships that when fog comes in and they cannot see the light, they can hear the sound. Did you know, according to the National Bureau of Standards, a dense fog, like you see here on the screen, covering seven city blocks to the depth of a hundred feet, limiting visibility, if it's all brought back into liquid form, is less than a glass of water. Now, to me, that is absolutely mind-boggling. I just came from New York City. Seven city blocks is a long ways. And at a hundred feet deep, limiting all visibility, and all of that can be brought back into a glass of water. This is what obstacles and challenges and troubles should look like to us. That no matter what it looks like in the natural, no matter how thick the fog is in our life, no matter how far-reaching the fog seems to be, we need to realize that the substance of it all is but a glass of water in comparison to the Word of God. Hallelujah! That one word from God, one word from the Bible has more substance uh, than all the things that we can see for seven blocks or seven miles down the road. And we need in those foggy days of our life to let the sound of the Word, we may can't see it, but we're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith. And let our faith sound out to where people have to wear a hearing protective devices because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not afraid. We know that we got to keep the ship safe and the ship of life has got to keep on traveling. So we let the sound get us through on the safe channel. Hallelujah. So faith to me means these five things that we're talking about. It means to believe what God says. It means to do what God says. It means to say what God says. It is to expect what God says. To expect 
what God says. Is anybody expecting things to change? Anybody expecting your healing? Anybody expecting your miracle? Anybody expecting your debt cancellation? Anybody expecting the miracle of God? Hallelujah. And then the final one is faith is to express confidence in God's love and His character. In other words, it's not about us having wonderful faith. It's about us having faith in a wonderful God. We've got to stay rooted on that. It's not about us having powerful faith. It's us having faith in a powerful God. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not about us having great faith, but having faith in a great God. He's a loving God. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And let me tell you what. If He loves us that much and brought us into covenant through love, guess how that covenant has to flow through us? Through love. Our faith has to operate through love. Galatians 5 and 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Just saying you're in the covenant or out of the covenant, that's not the point, He says. The point of this covenant is your faith, but your faith working through love.